Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 124 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media a content events and training platform providing success strategies for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, just quickly, before we jump into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. Now, this is a 12-month online program where you have video training that teaches you everything you need to know about how to do your own PR. You can ask questions on the platform and you can also post your proposed pitches and media releases before sending them to journalists to get my feedback. You also get to jump on a monthly live group call where you can ask whatever questions you want about your business and you can get tailored help from me on anything to do with raising the profile of your brand. So it might be that I look at your website and give you some feedback or how to improve your LinkedIn profile and other marketing and PR topics. So if you'd like to find out more about that, just hop on over to veganbusinessmedia.com and you'll see a link there for Vegans in the Limelight. And now on to the main part of the show. In this episode, I'm going to give you some tips on how to respond to queries or call-outs from journalists who are working on stories and need expert comment or case studies. It's one of the easiest ways to get free publicity for your vegan brand. You don't even have to pitch the journalist or producer a story from scratch. They're already working on something and are looking for experts in their field to comment or to showcase products. So first of all, let's start with where you can find these queries and call-outs from journalists. So every day, journalists in the US, Canada, UK and Australia send out hundreds of queries or call-outs seeking sources for their stories. The two main websites they do this on are Harrow, which stands for Help a Reporter Out, and Sourcebottle. And that's spelled S-O-U-R-C-E, not the other kind of source. (laughs) And there are links to those on the show notes page for this episode. Sourcebottle began in Australia, but also now services the US and UK, while Harrow is focused predominantly on the US market. Both these platforms are free to sign up to as an expert source, and I highly encourage you to subscribe to them. Now, the way they work is you sign up to receive queries, also known as call-outs, about your area of expertise, and they land in your inbox several times a day. With Harrow, you can sign up to the main list as well as category-specific lists. With Sourcebottle, you can specify keywords that are related to your area of expertise. So, for example, if you're a vegan shoe brand, you might list fashion as one of your keywords and receive queries from journalists working on fashion-related stories. If you're a health practitioner, you might list weight loss or natural foods or healthy eating as your keywords and receive queries related to those topics. 
In the UK, there are several paid services such as Response Source or Gokana Media or journorequests.com that you can sign up for. However, journorequests.com works on a freemium model. What that means is you can sign up for free for its daily digest of callouts, including the many requests also sent out on Twitter with the hashtags journorequest or PR request. With this free service, you get everything from national mainstream media outlets to small blogs. So you need to sift through the categories to find relevant callouts. With the paid services, you can specify in more detail the kinds of queries that you get. Now, whatever services you use, and if you're seeking international media coverage, you may well want to subscribe to all three of these free services. You need to remember that journalists receive a lot of responses. So I'm going to give you some tips to maximize your chances of being picked to be quoted or interviewed. So my first tip is research the media outlet quickly. So Harrow and Sourcebottle both have an option for the journalist to remain anonymous. On Sourcebottle, you may see generic National Women's Magazine or Weekly Podcast and only find out the name of the outlet if and when you get a response. The journorequests.com daily digest tends to identify the media outlet with many of the callouts requesting that you reply via Twitter as well as email. So just as an aside, that's a good reason to have a Twitter account. So if the name of the media outlet is included, do a quick bit of research to make sure it's a good fit for you because you don't want to waste a lot of your time on something that's unlikely to give you benefit in terms of raising your brand profile or generating leads or sales. Now, there's another difference between Harrow and Sourcebottle and also Journo Requests in that Sourcebottle and Journo Requests both allow small independent media such as bloggers and podcasters to seek expert sources for quotes and for guest blog writers, but Harrow doesn't. So you need to decide how valuable a particular media outlet is to you and if it's worth your time and energy to respond to a call out. If it's a brand new blog or podcast with little reach, it may not be in your best interest to respond. On the other hand, many small blogs or podcasts grow to have large audiences. And if you've proved helpful in the beginning to the journalist, then it's more likely that they may include you again as a trusted and reliable source. Also, the older blogs or podcasts have the potential to reach new readers or listeners. So obviously, that's your call to weigh up. Don't spend ages checking out the media outlet because you also need to respond fast to the journalist while still being accurate. The quicker you are to respond to a journalist's query on these platforms, the more likely you are to get their attention. Because they receive so many responses, they often run out of energy after combing through the first 20 or so. And if they're on a super tight deadline, they won't even read that many. So make sure you get in quick. So my next tip is be succinct, but don't cut corners. So don't send long rambling responses. Journalists don't have time to read an essay. Keep your response succinct, but not too short. 
So by this, I mean use full sentences rather than three-word answers to queries so that the journalist can quote you without needing to contact you. So, for example, say the journalist is looking for advice on how to communicate at work. Don't just write, smile a lot at your colleagues. Instead, write, you're more likely to get along with your colleagues at work when you smile. So do you see how with a whole sentence, it's much easier for the journalist to quote you? Bullet points can be a good idea as well, especially if the journalist is requesting tips. So some magazine journalists are seeking tips in a short list format for sidebars to accompany the main editorial feature. Depends on the nature of the query, which brings me to the next tip. Respond precisely. In other words, follow the brief. This is really, really important. In 18 years working as a journalist for a range of media outlets, I still find it exasperating that many people, including publicists, I might add, and some major PR firms, seem unable to follow simple instructions when responding to my requests for sources, quotes, or contributors. Make sure you read the call out and determine exactly what the journalist is after. Don't just scan it, see a particular keyword and then fire off a one-size-fits-all response that doesn't address the specific requirements of the query. If the call out asks for five short tips on the latest trends in healthy eating, include those five tips in your response. Don't send the journalist to your website or an article that you've written elsewhere on the internet. They don't have the time to search through and look for that information. Make their job easy and put the information that they request in the format they request right in front of them. If the query is looking for organic brands and yours is not organic, don't waste the journalist's or your time responding. Only respond to call-outs that are a match to what the journalist is looking for. Do not pitch other ideas to the journalist. This is against the terms of service for many of these platforms, and it's also bad practice. If you're tempted to say, I know you're looking for X, but how about Y instead? Don't do it. Your query will be deleted and you'll be mentally or even physically listed as an unreliable annoyance in the journalist's mind, which can ruin your chances of future media coverage with them. So my next tip is demonstrate your relevant expertise. So a journalist needs to know that you are qualified to make a comment or be a featured guest on TV or radio or podcast. To build their trust, you need to demonstrate your credentials. Now, if you've got several areas of expertise, focus on what's required for the query. For example, if you're a marketer and the query is in regards to social media, show your expertise in social media marketing when responding. If you've won an award that's relevant to the subject of the call-out, include that. If you've authored a book, particularly a best-selling book on the topic, mention that up front. Don't be afraid to sell yourself. The journalist is looking for a credible expert. It's your job to establish yourself as that. This is not the time to be modest, people. Now that said, only respond to queries where you do have the expertise required. 
Here's an example of my response to a Harrow query in which a journalist from the Sarasota Herald Tribune in the US asked for a small written quote on what the hot business sectors for growth in 2016 were likely to be. Hi Dennis. The vegan business sector will continue its sharp growth through 2016 as more people embrace plant-based eating and lifestyle. A recent report by Markets and Markets predicts the global meat substitutes market to reach $5.17 billion by 2020. Michelin-starred chefs are teaming up with vegan travel businesses, Vegano Italiano Tours, an offshoot of Tierno Tours, for example, to create unique tours of Europe and beyond as veganism goes mainstream. Vegan food, fashion and travel businesses are ones to watch. And then I wrote, quotes to be attributed to Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And then I put in brackets, additional extra, if appropriate, editor of veganbusinessmedia.com and host of Vegan Business Talk podcast. And then I rounded off the query response with, if I can help you in any other way in regards to vegan businesses for this story or others in the future, I'm happy to do so. Cheers, Katrina. So you see how I kept my response succinct, I made it relevant to the journalist's requirements, and I demonstrated my expertise by mentioning my vegan business book, website and podcast. And I got chosen for that story, which appeared in both print and online. And the writer used my words almost verbatim, and that's a good sign that you've given a journalist what they want. So my next tip is make it easy for journalists to contact you. Include your full signature at the end of your response. So put your name, your title, whether you're a founder or director, etc., email address, phone number and website URL. If you're chosen to be featured, the journalist needs this information to hand, especially if they've got the quotes they need from your response and they don't need to interview you. So don't make them chase you for your URL or your links, etc. So my next tip is check your response before sending. Now, even though you need to respond fast, you still need to edit your response to make sure that it's free of spelling mistakes or typos. The cleaner your copy, the easier the journalist's job, which puts you ahead of other people whose responses contain errors. And my final tip is don't give up. Keep responding. Now, I know it can be disheartening to send responses to call-outs, especially if you think you're a perfect fit for them, and not receive a reply. Generally, you'll only get a reply if you're being considered for an interview or for your quotes to be used. Sometimes the journalist won't contact you and will go ahead and use your quotes and you've no idea if the story's run. But generally speaking, if you don't hear back, then chances are you haven't made the cut this time. But keep responding. Not only is it good practice because you'll get faster and better with experience, but it can also result in other editorial opportunities down the track. Nicole Fallon, assistant editor at Business News Daily, says in a LinkedIn article, Due to space and time constraints, I'm simply not able to feature every source who answers my query, even if they fit all the criteria I look for. 
but sometimes I will add a particularly good Harrow respondent to my source list and make a note to reach out in the future if I'm writing about that topic again. And that's actually been the case for me too, where I've been a source. I responded to a call out on Source Bottle about a year ago, and I wasn't chosen for that particular story. Then three or four months later, I got an email from a journalist, the same media outlet, who said his colleague passed on my details from when I replied to the original call out. He wanted some comments on the growth of veganism, which I provided, and was quoted extensively in a cover feature. So it's always good to keep yourself on the radar of journalists. I see far too few businesses that are run on vegan principles responding to journalist queries on Harrow or Source Bottle or journal requests, even when the call out is a perfect fit to gain media exposure, which again is free publicity for your business or brand. So I hope you found these tips helpful. I do have a chapter on this in my book, Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business, as well as a blog post, which I'll link to on the show notes page for this episode. And finally, if you'd like some extra help on how to respond to journalist queries, I have a module on this in my Vegans in the Limelight online PR course and group coaching program, where you can also post questions and your proposed responses to journalists for me to give you feedback before you send them. And you can find details about Vegans in the Limelight at veganbusinessmedia.com. Now for some vegan business news highlights. The world's largest meat company, Brazil-based JBSSA, has joined other multinational corporations in developing a vegan burger, reports Veg News. The burger will be made from a mix of soy, wheat, onions, garlic and beets and sold under the company's Sierra brand. The move follows similar developments by Tyson, Cargill, Nestle and others. It's fascinating to see these big players getting on the plant-based protein bandwagon. While they may not be in it for the ethics, the easier it is for consumers to buy vegan products, the better for the animals. And hopefully these big companies will improve their ethical practices overall, particularly if they see it's profitable to do business for good. A Scottish food startup has signed a deal with the regional children's play centre chain to add their plant-based meat on the menu around the country, reports Vegan Trade Journal. Daring Foods co-founder Ross Mackay was visiting the Glasgow Wonderworld branch with his nephew and noticed the lack of plant-based options on the menu. So he approached the company, which was receptive, and the meat-free products will be available at Wonderworld Soft Play in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Falkirk and Kirkaldy. Aidan Higgins, executive chef for the Wonderworld Group, said the company recognised the changing diet of consumers and the need for them as a business to react. He said, Daring's range is a huge improvement on the plant-based options that were available to us previously. It's certainly far better than tofu. When I started my career as a chef, it was pretty much salad or nothing else. Now people can enjoy plant-based products which are just as delicious, if not more, than meat. That's a fantastic endorsement from a chef. 
And the Daring Foods range will also be available in colleges across Scotland with its cluck-free nuggets and moolus burgers already in 35 educational establishments. So this is great and it just goes to show that you have to be proactive as a vegan business owner in approaching retailers, institutions and other outlets and other potential partnerships as you never know what their reaction will be like. And of course, now more than ever, this is the time to do it. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.